All right, sweet. Uh, welcome to the Learn With Lowell show. I'm trying out something different today and just doing like a complete cut through it. Uh, today we have Itai and he is the CEO of Be Hero. Holy, yeah, that's the right one. And uh, we're going to learn about him today and what he's working on. Uh, the first question I have for him uh, is, uh, so you talk about like stimulating output potential using your sensors and machine learning, but that seems like more of like an assessment tool. Are you using it to, and I think like on your, your page, you like visually tell the story, like how you use it. But I'm curious, like, how do you actually like stimulate a um, uh, uh, better output? I think you would just be like an assessment thing and then you like move it around. Yeah. So, um, we're not actually stimulating anything uh, on, on, on the point, you know, where, where the hives are at. Uh, what we're doing, um, based on our technology and, and our ability to provide um, beekeepers a lot of very useful information that they weren't able to actually get, you know, before using our system. Um, uh, and they can use this uh, information uh, in order to treat their hives better. This is basically the, the, the main idea of of that thing. We want to be able to bring better hives to begin with. You know, uh, um, uh, finding a way to, to maybe stimulate uh, higher productivity at a certain point of time, uh, you might cause huge problems in the future. You know, it's like if I gave you an adrenaline shot right now, you could run a marathon maybe, but then you'll be done for, you know? Uh, it's going to be really hard to recover from that. Um, so what we're doing is basically allowing the beekeepers uh, uh, keeping better bees year-round, not just for the pollination season. Mm. So uh, uh, today, you know, being a beekeeper is, is a very hard job, especially when we're talking about commercial beekeeping. Um, they have to kind of chase their own tails all the time in checking and inspecting each and every single hive uh, in order to get the full picture of what the situation and then, you know, treat the hives accordingly. Sometimes you drive an hour to a, a certain location just to find that everything is fine and drove for nothing. Sometimes you drive there and you find out that you're a week early or a week late and, you know, things are not as, as planned. And once you have this information from, you know, the comfort of your house, you can get, you can have uh, um, um, data-driven decisions uh, to what's next, you know, uh, you have everything un under control, you know, exactly when is the right time to feed, when is the right time to treat, if you need to change your, uh, a queen, um, you get all the information right when it happens. Even if, you know, somebody's stealing your hives, you know, it's not like you're going to get there the next day and, oh my God, somebody stole my hives. You're going to get an alert right when it happens. And this allows you to, um, reduce considerably, uh, the cost of, you know, uh, operating um, a beekeeping business because you drive only where you have to. You know exactly what to bring. Um, and you don't have to rely on your employees. And they are not always, you know, as um, educated in beekeeping as you would, would like them to be. Um, and then you get better uh, um, um, mortality rates. I mean, lower mortality rates um, and higher outputs because you can keep stronger bees, healthier bees with more potential of making honey and uh, pollinating uh, different fields. Mm -hmm. 
it seems like it's like an application of scarce resources. You make it so that instead of having to go out to a place and spend hours like breaking apart hives to, to look and see how they're, they're doing their assessments, they can do a little bit of that with the sensors and then with the machine learning to understand what's going on. And then using, you know, everyone has scarce resources, time, energy, money, yeah. using their, th those resources in a finite point, like these hives need this, these hives are ready for this. So it's a, so you can better optimize it. And I think that in, in my conversations with people like the, commercial beekeeping has definitely been needing that and it's a it's, so i i imagine you've been getting some great feedback well um is any of this i think some of this is already implemented in the field or are you still in like the data okay how are people no. liking it so far um so so far we're getting a lot of very good responses i mean we had some phone calls about you know things not working as they should and and these kind of things are you know very very uh, um reasonable i mean it's stuff stuff happens, you know, yeah. even with the, the best companies out there, sometimes things are not working correctly, but we're trying to minimize that to, you know, to uh, um, uh, as much as we can. And I get, I just get a lot of phone calls about, you know, um, good things. <laughs> um, so a lot of our, uh, our customers are pretty old fashioned. Instead of going out with their phones, they just print out uh, a report that we provide. And then they go out to the field, they compare it with what they actually see. And then they call me, listen, you were right nine out of 10 times. Uh, this is amazing. Or yeah. Um, uh, these kind of calls, you know, they kind of make my day. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy that. But I do enjoy when, when uh, people that work with us call me and say, listen, uh, everything is great, but I think this and that should change a little bit. You know, our way to learn and evolve uh, relies a lot on, on feedback from, from our customers because we want to make the best product for them, not for us or for somebody else. I want to make the best product for, for our you know, target audience. Otherwise, uh, I don't have room in this business. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think like, I think from like an outside perspective, when people aren't in startups or maybe a part of it, they think like if something has been introduced and it's, and you're getting any negative feedback like that, um, it's like, like a really bad thing. But the thing with startups is like you, you put an iteration out there and you are hyper-focused on getting that feedback so you can improve it even better. So ultimately, like even if there are some like optimization issues, that's even better for that, for those people long-term. Yep. Um, I think sometimes people do like, people have a sense of like something needs to be per perfect when it first is introduced to people. But uh, if you actually looked at it, most things are, are, are usually pretty bad. Not, not, not in the startup world, like not just startup world, but like, like, like video games, for instance, like how many come out without bugs, you know, like many have bugs, but like, yeah, like good people sure. actually like refine them and yeah. make them better. The people we started working with them at the very beginning were people that we can trust, uh, you know, to not, uh, first of all, hate us for having problems. And secondly, will actually tell us the truth about what they think and, you know, how they, they uh, uh, communicate with, with the system. Is it helpful? What, what are you missing? You know, we want to get the, those uh, um, uh, feedbacks in order to improve more and more and more. And then we got to a point where we, where we felt uh, uh, confident enough in our product uh, to go, you know, commercially um, and actually, you know, go, go out with the product. Uh, this was the stage where we moved from Israel to, to the U.S. Uh, and started working with uh, beekeepers and farmers um, here. Yeah, the, uh, I think 
another thing just like to translate for people who are in the startup world but like the first few people are like kind of like beta testers like they're the people who are like ultra like um like really really deeply passionate about these things yeah. and they're constantly like so desiring to learn more that they'll get in early on on uh and help out people we call them early adopters yeah yeah that's a technical term so the um how did you like I'm sure there was like a lot of potential in terms of like people who you could get involved with. How did you discern down? Cause I, I read a lot and um, the people I've talked with and in my own experiences, like it's almost like finding like the right group of people to, that are going to give you the great feedback that are going to be really excited about what you're working on. So it's like, it's a very discerning list. Like um, I think like sometimes people think businesses are supposed to just like take every customer who comes, but it's like, especially in the early stages, it's like finding the right customers that are going to be like the best partners for the early stages of things. Cause that's ultimately like to an extent, like they are partners because they're giving you the feedback and developing it. And then you develop it and then they get what they want. Yes. You're, you're totally right. And also there are some, some customers that, you know, you, you really want to work with in the future and you don't want anything to mess this up. So you don't want to start with them because you want to get to them when you feel like you're, well, yeah, now I'm ready for, mm -hmm. for this big, enormous customer. You know? So, not all of them you will target immediately. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that maybe is a bit missing in the story is that um, I'm, I'm originally a beekeeper. I'm coming from the beekeeping world, from commercial beekeeping. My dad is the largest beekeeper in Israel with about 5,000 colonies. Um, he's also um, uh, the chairman of the, beekeeping, the Israeli Beekeeping Association. And, um, you know, we know quite a lot of people uh, outside of Israel and definitely in Israel. So, you know, the first, the, the very first people we worked with were people obviously in Israel was people like my dad and his friends, um, uh, uh, that also know me. They know that I'm a, you know, a ser serious person that I'm not, you know, messing, messing around and I'm, I'm really trying to do something different here. Uh, and they were very happy to be part of, of, you know, our initial, beta testing um, and uh, yeah so this is basically how it start how it started and then I used all of these connections uh, to get names of researchers and beekeepers um, outside of Israel not just the US but mostly um, and this this was uh, our main you know uh, um, um, pipeline I guess to to getting to getting um, uh, other early adopters that would be willing to try our system, give us a lot, of, give us some of their feedback, and 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 so on. Is there for like the would-be startup founder founders listening? Is is there in in the lookout? And so they have like some early adopters. Is there good like communication techniques that you found in communicating with them, or like any strategy you found? to like get the most from that relationship that maybe isn't as intuitive as just, you know, asking the question and, and uh, listening deeply. Well, um, I think it, it, it it's, mm, well, it differs between different types of, of customers. And I think beekeepers and farmers are very different than financial guys. If you have a FinTech startup or, uh, a medical startup or stuff like that. I think these people are very, very different. So I'm not sure that my insights will be relevant for all other startups. Um, but if you're asking for me, the main thing was, uh, you know, just, just be honest 
I guess, just be, uh, 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 you know, I, I think most of, of the people that we, we started working with, um, you know, I started by going to their farm and actually spending a day with them uh, in the field. They saw that I know what I'm talking about, that I understand bees most, uh, more than, you know, a lot of the people they know or maybe more than most of their employees. Um, and uh, that made them trust me, I guess. Um, and then I think I'm a people's person. Um, and uh, it's kind of easy uh, to to relate to me or connect with me or... Um, I'm, uh, to, to those who are not seeing, I'm moving uncomfortably in my chair while saying that, but you know, it's, uh, it's always hard talking about yourself, I think. Um, but yeah, I think I, it's, uh, I, I have, I have, uh, three other co-founders in my company and it's by far easier for me to speak to these people than to my co-founders who are not coming from the beekeeping or the farming uh, background, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so for me, I, I kind of speak the same language as they are and it's, uh, easier to, to relate to it. I think. What did you, people are always interested in like uh, finding founders and like how those stories happen. Are they, are they, you're like, uh, people you met in Israel or did you meet them when you came yeah. over to, um, no, uh, all of my co-founders are from Israel. Um, it was love from the first sight. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you saw each other and this slow-mo happened and it yeah, like culminated exactly. in a handshake and in a, in a, in a signed agreement. Yes. Yes. Exactly how he described it. Um, so two of my co-founders I met in this entrepreneurial program, um, in Israel, um, it's not like, you know, the next day we started working together. It took us about, uh, I'd say, at least six months of getting to know each other before we jumped in the same bed. And then our fourth co-founder uh, is someone that was introduced to us by a mutual friend. Um, yeah, and he, he, uh, um, he was right, he fit right in into, you know, our group. Um, so it was, uh, it was an easy adjustment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you looking to expand your team in the uh, not too distant future? And if so, is there anyone like that you're looking for in particular, maybe the people listening can keep an, an eye out for you? Yeah, well, um, definitely are looking to expand our company. Uh, probably in the next couple of months, we're going to start hiring. Uh, so we're hiring people in a few different uh, verticals. Uh, one vertical will be technology, uh, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Um, that's going to be one one thing. Uh, the second thing is going is uh, product product design, um, um, UI UX, you know stuff like that, uh, front end. Um, and the third thing would be uh, well. Third thing would be marketing, mm. uh, but specifically for um, for our crowds. You know, not any marketer would be good with uh, uh, farmers and or beekeepers. You know, they're they're very different than than uh, you know your um, B two C kind of thing. It's it's very very different. Mm. 
-hmm. And then the fourth thing would be uh, more people from the beekeeping industry. Um, But, you know, they have to, they're going to have to have a lot of experience in beekeeping, but also uh, I would want them to be a little bit tech savvy, you know, Um, open-minded for, for, for innovation. Um, Yeah. Have you, in like building up to this, to the the hiring process, have you, because uh, a couple of my friends who have startups in the air, uh, like either the B space or the agriculture space, they 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 said that it's somewhat hard to find people with machine learning, um, like deep technical, like that type of tech uh, backgrounds in the space, because people tend to like more like aggregate towards like Google-esque type things versus like uh, agriculture for some reason. Are you, are you seeing that yourself? Like any difficulty finding people who are excited about these things or is it just, um, is it just not the case in like the, in your experiences so far? So um, for us, it wasn't the case. Um, mm-hmm. Finding people, you know, uh, I don't know if you know, but Israel is called a startup nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of startups coming from Israel. A lot of people, it's, it's part of the culture, you know, going to work in a startup company. A lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going to go work for Google or Facebook or Intel or whatever for just a few years to, to get some um, experience. And then I'm going to go out. I'm going to find a cool startup company. I'm going to get, you know, maybe some options in, in, in the company and I'm going to do something cool uh, and innovative and I don't want to be part of this corporate world. And then when this startup succeeds or fails, they move on to the next startup. And, you know, a lot of people today, they, instead of, well, our parents' generation, they wanted a steady job, you know, that they know they can trust that they will have it until they retire. Our generation and younger people, they, they kind of, they're always looking for action. You know, they want to do something cool and interesting and they don't mind switching jobs every year and a half or three years or something like that, you know? And then, um, the, uh, so, so a lot of people are looking to work in startup companies. Um, and when they hear they're going to save the world with bees and pollination, they get very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, yeah, when you, I imagine, I don't know, like it'd be interesting to hear what, like what you have found, like, like sparks them to be excited. But the, I, I usually like explaining, like in my experiences, um, then we'll see if like, we'll like compare notes to see what, what works. But the, uh, it seems like when you like explain like how important pollinators, like the bees are when they basically account for like one third of the food and it's like the tastiest food too. It's like the stuff that you think that like, Oh yeah, I want to have that. Like that's usually bee stuff. Like they're doing like all the cool stuff. Like you like apples, bees, you like almonds, bees, you like most, I think like basically most things with flowers. Um, like, well, yeah. If it all like, other things, yeah. yeah, yeah. Even your coffee, you know? Yeah. That's a weird one. And I hear uh, chocolate as well. Like, like bees, uh, how about with chocolate? I didn't think, I didn't think of that. Like I, I thought chocolate was, um, uh, pollinated uh, deal here in the U S now. Right. What? People love avocado, right? Yeah, a little it's too much. A, I feel, yeah. <laughs> it's in everything. There's like uh, avocado steaks or something now. I, I, I don't get it. But, yeah. Um, but uh, 
Yeah. So is that what that works for you as well? Like the telling them just like the impact that the, like one third amounts to in the, in the world? Well, yeah. When people, I mean, usually when people hear what we do, they're like, Oh my God, I'm so jealous. I wish I were, uh, I was doing this, some, something that cool. You know, they think what we're doing is extremely cool. And you know, we think it's cool too. <laughs> I, 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 I'm at my dream job right now. Um, uh, so for us, this is amazing, and and being able to harness other people to to what we do is is amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Is there um, is or are there big hurdles coming up that you're like kind of like looking at them like mountains to overcome that you wouldn't mind sharing with people and like how you're thinking about like defeating them? Uh, yeah, well, uh, when 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 you're a startup company, there are many of those, right? Yeah, um, hiring is probably one of them like hiring well yeah. yeah it's it's easy to hire i think it's hard to hire the right person yeah um, but yeah so so that's that's correct uh raising money is not always very easy you know it takes time it takes a lot of effort it's uh nerve-wracking at times um uh we are now um um focusing on on the next uh very big pollination uh event uh and that's almond pollination here in california which is uh, somebody uh called it uh, the super bowl of pollination uh all the bees from everywhere in the u.s basically are being moved uh in january february to california to pollinate almonds um and that's that's a huge event, and uh, you know we're, we definitely want to take part of it. Uh, we are taking part of it, um, but we want to focus on on you know providing the best service possible for our clients. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're putting a lot of effort into this uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exciting stuff, you know. Yeah, definitely. The, um... Do you um do you think the for the foreseeable future it's gonna be a venture funded company or do you see do you have like do you know what like the the stage or like the time period it'll take to get to like ramen profitability or like self sustaining cash flow? Um, I don't have the answer for that. Uh, I'm sure that we have. Get it. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I said get it. Get the answer. I'm I'm just teasing you. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure we have, uh, you know, tables that, you know, kind of project when we start making money. That's the uh, CEO stuff. I'm, I'm not doing that stuff. That's not my part of the job. Uh, uh, happily so, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like the numbers. I'm, I'm, I'm more of the operations and, and uh, uh, boots on the ground with, with farmers and, and the beekeepers. And that's what I like to do. Um office days are you know i don't i don't like the office days i like being outside in the sun or rain or wind or whatever uh you know uh so that's me uh but you know to be honest all these projections and and numbers are just for you know they're just to make the investors happy that yeah. that you're thinking of it you know, nobody thinks that you're going to, you know, really be exactly what you, you know, it can be more, it can be less, but you're most definitely not going to hit exactly what you're doing in those tables. I mean, things change so rapidly 
when you're a startup company and you have to be so agile and, 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 you know, lean, mm -hmm. you know, and just be expecting, try, you know, ex you have to expect everything to happen and, um, and be able to uh, adapt real quickly. So things change really fast. Um, one day, everything is so amazing. The next day, everything goes to shit. You know, sorry for, excuse my French. Um, but, so good. But, yeah, but, um, you know, it's, uh, we know, we know that, uh, the, that the market is huge. You know, we know the opportunity is, is there. Uh, and that's what's important. It, it doesn't matter if I'll get to profitability in a year's time or two years time, you know, it's, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Speaking on the people side of things, the, a fun idea for like when you're hiring people, is like when they're in the final stages, you could just like, like throw them in like an apiary and just like see how they handle it. Like, like give them like five minutes of, of instruction and just like see what they do. That'd be probably yeah. me. They, no one would probably come for those interviews. But like what, <laughs> which leads to the actual question, which is um, just like people like, you know, finding people is kind of like a big thing that you enjoy. Um, what, what are some of the processes or like, like things that you're thinking about in, uh, in finding the right people versus just like hiring a person? Yeah. So I think it really depends on, on what exactly I'm looking, you know, on what job exactly we're talking about within the company. But for us, you know, we're trying to keep a certain uh, um, characteristics to, to, to our company. And I think the first thing that is, is really important to us is that you'll have fun. I want to be happy to come to my workplace. You know, if I'm miserable, then why am I doing that? I can go work for a corporate or whatever. And, you know, so we really want to have a, a sense of uh, family and or friendship or, you know, um, we just want it, want it to be a lot of fun to come to the office and see the people you work with. Um, so I think this is the most important thing for us. Like maybe the first thing we'll, we'll, we want to see is how, uh, how we connect. Mm -hmm. uh, if the person is talkative or, you know, um, is he a good person? You know, that's may, maybe the first thing, just, just seeing if, if the person is somebody you, you think you can uh, uh, bear having, you know, next to you uh, five days a week mm -hmm. uh, for, for a few hours. So, so yeah, we want to, we want to create um, a place where you have a lot of fun and uh, where you have accountability. You know, when you have accountability to, to your coworkers, then you work better. Mm. Um, it's kind of like uh, soldiers, you know. Uh, nobody really knows why people decide to go behind, behind cover and charge the enemy, you know, because it's against all basic logic. You're mm. safe right now. Why would you go out of your safety and charge the enemy? And... Um, research, uh, all the research that I, 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 at least what I know about shows that you do it for your friends, you know, for, for, for your, uh, for the people you're fighting with. Um, cause otherwise there's, there's no good, good explanation of doing that. Have you, have you read it at all into how Napoleon created, I think, I don't know French. So like 
my apologies for French people out there listening to this, but it's called like Espirite de Corps, like the spirit of the core or something like that's what it translates. Have you looked into like, uh, it's the nucleus of what you're saying is like, how do you develop that like bond that gets people like pushing and excited to be there? Um, mm-hmm. Napoleon called it like the, sp- the spirit of corpse is how I'm going to say it because um, I cannot say French very well. But uh, do you know what I'm talking about for one? Am I translating this right? Because I don't know the right words. Uh, so I don't know specifically what you're talking about, but uh, I think I understand what you're trying to say. And um, yeah. I don't that, know French. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know French, right? It's like, it's like a spirit. Uh, I can like see it. I can Google it, but I, I cannot say it. So it's a spirit. It's just like the spirit of the core where like each place has a sense of like a personal identity and then we can like sublimate that into the larger unit that is like, in this case, a startup or in, in that case, the, the army. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know specifically. Um, there are being being uh, uh, originally from Israel, I've been I've been to the military, right? Um, everybody has to go in Israel. Um, so, and I'm also uh, uh, I was a, a, com- a commander, so um, I know a lot of ways to kind of make people want to be part um, and uh, kind of harness people uh, into doing what what you want, what you're looking to do. Um, and we're trying to kind of incorporate it into, into how we work. You know, you think of military training and stuff like that. And this is not what I want in my company, in, in my company, but you know, at the end of the day, the friendships that you get, uh, in these kind of situations are the strongest of all. Mm-hmm. And so of course I'm not trying to create, uh, a military like looking, uh, a company. This is not the idea, but. Uh, um, a lot of the concepts of how to get people more involved are really good concepts that you can implement, you know, in every uh, um, uh, social environment. So what are some of those strategies? Well, I think one of the first ones would be uh, giving somebody the, the, um, the right responsibilities. Uh, sometimes a person can be just dragged behind and not being very motivated, but once you give them the right thing to be uh, responsible for, all of a sudden it becomes a completely different person, you know? Um, and, um, I think this is one of the things I've found over the the years that works really well for almost everyone. Uh, you just have to find the right thing to to for the person to um, to be responsible for, and it gives him a sense of uh, first of all accomplishment. Because if he likes it, he will try to achieve it, and then he'll be successful. Because when you really try to do something, you will probably succeed. Uh, and you know, success is a very good uh, feeling. Uh, I'm sure everybody can agree on that. Um, and um, it drives people into being a team player because all of a sudden to achieve his goals, he needs uh, the collaboration of other teammates. So this creates a lot of good stuff uh, between people that don't know each other. It just makes them talk, makes them cooperate, um, and they, they become better coworkers and friends. So, yeah. Leah Coca, he's a audio, not audio, 
auto manufacturer out in the U.S. He did. He was a big part of Ford. There's actually a movie, Shelby versus Ford. He probably is going to be in yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but Leo, what? Sorry. I just saw the commercials for it. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to see it. It looks kind of boring. But anyways, the, but anyways <laughs> Lee Iacocca, he's really bit good at uh, leading people. And one of the things he would do is, uh, other than just like setting aside a part of his week to like just reflect on things, which is really important as a leader. But the other thing is that when he would make things with people, let's say like, we, like I'm, I'm a subordinate to you or whatever, and like we're working together, he would, uh, like if you were Lee Iacocca, he would like get me like work while, while we're talking to like identify the things like, he basically like, here are the big things that we we need to accomplish this, this year. And here are the things that you could basically help on. Like, how, how do you see yourself helping it on? And then the person basically like makes the timeline. And then like more often than not, like Lee basically wouldn't even need to say anything to them, but he would have like check-ins like monthly, quarterly, and like just like keeping pace with that person. And if they didn't achieve something, they would be the first person to be like, I didn't achieve it, but here's how I'm going to fix it. And so it has like a sense of like ownership and, yep. and gripping into it. I don't know if like, um, if that's like a part of like the system that you're using or if you like that at all, I can recommend the book where you can read more about it. But yeah. Uh, so first of, all, first of all, I definitely like the idea and it sounds like uh, uh, it's very strongly related to, to what I described. Um, um, yeah. I think, I think getting, getting people to feel like they're part of, of this and they're not just another employee. They are part of it. Um, is a major major thing you want you want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to hire anybody that is going to come and be here from nine to five and just be here. I don't want people I don't want people uh, to go to their to their workplace. I want people to go work at their mm-hmm. workplace. You know, I want them to want it. Um. So yeah. Um. Well, do you, I, think, uh, I think I think it's a it's also a learning curve, so you'll just have to kind of wing it um, and again adapt to the different personalities that you're going to hire. Yeah. Do you uh do you, have you guys thought anything? Do you have like your own? I know like Elon Musk has like the no jerks allowed, but he says it in different words. Um, do you guys have like a similar ethos in terms of uh, uh of like like no assholes allowed <laughs> or like in our company. So yeah. we're still, we're still small enough to be able to actually pick whoever we want to work with. So that's a good thing. Uh, you know, in the future, if we'll be a very big company, um, then I, I guess it'll change, but hopefully we'll be able to, to, uh, to have like uh, different managers and the people that are going to, hire other people, you know, keep the same uh, idea of, of trying to form some sort of family and partnership and um, uh, accountability. Uh, and, you know, we want to have people that really want to be here and not, not just people that are looking for the paycheck, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get it. The, there's many easier ways to make money than go work at a startup for sure. The, um, yeah the well one way and i've been thinking about like how to implement this there's a great there's a really good company called spira um and elliot was on here a while ago talking about it how like and he he wasn't intentionally doing it but i was like reflecting on this and apparently the if you if you like somehow could get someone to like be on the team for like a week around your teammate you basically you basically know because like 
some like assholes will you i'll call them jerks just because i don't want to like get like get yelled at by like censors or anything like that but um like sometimes they can fool you in like an inner exchange like this like they know enough to like hide it but like they're around you for more than like two days they're like for whatever reason like a week like everyone comes out and like will show you that they're like you know negative people and stuff like that but i don't know how to like incorporate that into a a, a, like a rapidly scaling company it's something i've been thinking about a lot of because I i enjoy thought exercises i guess and people ask me for help on hiring people but for some for some reason like if you give people like a week of like working near them you can generally tell if they're like like annoying people or whatever there's a yeah, yeah there's a, so, a book go ahead i'm sorry yeah so a lot of the people we are trying to hire are people that uh, are not looking for job at the moment but we know they're very good at what they do and we want them be part of be hero right so we start we in order for them to actually leave their place of work and join us we have to be uh, the ones that, you know, kind of proving themselves. Uh, and we've done it very successfully up until now, but because we need to be the ones to prove it, then this process is a bit longer. Mm-hmm. And it forms a very good friendship in that period of time and uh, um, uh, a sense of, um, well, I don't know, a, a trustness is a word. I'm not sure. You, <laughs> like, you used it. Trust each other, you know. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, up until now, we've targeted the people that we want to hire. I think uh, from now, we still have a few more of these, but also we're going to hire more openly, you know, people that will apply for a job. Mm. Um, yeah. There's a, a book you might enjoy, especially as it's related to scalability and, and making sure that like you don't lose that like spirit of the company is it's called traction and like it's, it's really good uh it basically shows you like goes through how to like break down and see how like culture fit is working throughout the company how um like milestones in the company are working out it's a really good book i, I recommend checking out especially for like the people uh, elements of things but you know um, between between having a startup company uh relocating to the u.s and having two babies and a dog, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to read it. That's all good. <laughs> Just a suggestion. No, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But yeah, I, I haven't been able to do a lot of reading, uh, you know, on personal time mm. for the past couple of years. Yeah. But there's audio books or you could like put the audio book on and then like serenade your kids with it at the same time. And then they can learn some entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. It's, you know, like, I, I used to do it. I used to do it while driving, you know, cause you're driving. It's dead time anyways, but now I just have phone calls while I'm driving. I hope um, you have a Tesla or something that's like driving for you. I don't. I remind, I, may I remind you, I'm a co-founder of a startup. I'm not uh, a <laughs> yet. Yeah. So just, I don't like, don't die. <laughs> like, <laughs> like phone calls, know, phone calls, I got my earbuds. Okay. As long as you're safe. I don't want to like wake up tomorrow and hear bad things happen to you. No, not at all. Don't worry about it. Especially in like uh, the Bay Area. I drove through like rush hour down there. It's it's quite relaxing compared to Chicago. Like Chicago has car fires. Like literally cars on fires. The the Bay Area's traffic is is pretty calm. Yeah. It also depends if you're going on the 101 or the 280. If you're going on the 280, then it's way better. First of all, you have like this nature scenery. Yeah. You know, you see all the woods and stuff like that. And it's really nice. If you go on the one-on-one, it's just concrete. So. Is the, I don't know the, 
I don't know the names. Is the the concrete one the one that like hugs the east side of the? Yeah, like, this is the one hundred one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The one that connects you to to San Francisco uh, airport. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was on both. The, the the one that you're, I imagine you're talking about, the one that's like more like going through it. That one is really nice. There's like mountainous so the, stuff around it, right? Yeah. So the two eighty is like to the to the uh, west of the valley. Yeah. Um, that's really nice. It's like it's high up though. Too. They both go. They both go like north to south, kind of. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, for people who've never been to the Bay Area, just uh, got some really interesting facts. Um, but all right. So the final three questions I have for you. I like learning about areas. I, I, I'm surprised I have not asked you more about Israel, but I don't want to get too distracted. But the um, three questions I have for you are: uh, the first one is, uh, what is a question? Because like, we just like you're very like solution oriented minded because like you are a you know startup and you need to like solve things. Um, so I'm curious, like, is there anything that you worry about, wonder about? or are curious about that you don't have the answer to, that you'd love the answer to, and maybe someone out there can help you with the answer? Well, there are so many questions uh, that I don't know the answers uh, for, and I would love to know those answers, you know? Um, and it's, it's gonna be hard to pick just one. I actually had a, an interesting conversation this morning with somebody on, on uh, autonomous cars, and uh, we were having an argument about, uh, well, a civil ar- argument, right? We weren't yeah. yelling or anything, but uh, about um, how far are we from really having autonomous, fully autonomous cars, you know, driving amongst us. Uh, and I said 15 years, he said 30. So I would love to know the answer for that, <laughs> for sure. Um, I'd say under five. Under five? Yeah. I hope you're right. Have you been to the Waymo facility down at Google? I haven't, but I was registered to their, they, they had this um, thing where they, they said you can put your um, uh, zip code and they might offer you a ride, you know, like a shared ride, like kind of like Lyft or, or um, Uber mm-hmm. thing only, you know, uh, well, with an autonomous car. Well, uh, do, I guess I should define before I give it like my five year. Do you mean like um, just like the ability to have an autonomous car that drives wherever you want? Or do you mean like uh, ubiquity where the, like that type of car is everywhere to the extent no, where it's so new? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talk, talking about everywhere. I'm talking about uh, just it's the, legal to have an autonomous car. It's not under, you know, so... I'm actually looking out the window right now and I, I, I just saw one of Apple's cars, right? Yeah. Uh, I Apple's see them all the time, but they're under trials, right? They're not still available for the public to use or to buy. So I'm talking 15 years till somebody, till you and I can go and actually buy one. Even if it's, you know, very, very expensive, but it's legal, anybody, anybody can buy it if they have the funds, right? So. And- and by autonomous, you just mean that they can drive wherever by itself without yes, I, human I, I just, input? Yeah, I just put the, um, the address I want to go to and that's it. I don't have to do anything. Tesla already can do that. They have no. that today. Yeah. I drove the yeah. Tesla. They can't. They can yeah. take you. They, no, they can't really. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, like you can fall asleep and they'll drive. Like there's, a, there's stories where someone was having a heart attack and it drove them to the hospital. So... From my experience, I drove a few Teslas and I, I know people here that own Teslas. And 
um, now after the latest uh, uh, version update, they have like um, uh, autonomous navigation. They used to have only autonomous driving, and it's more like you know uh, fancy cruise control, right? Mm -hmm. Autonomous navigating is way better. It's more like actually having an autonomous car, but it's not really. It can take you off the highway, but once you go into the streets, it's not very good if, if it can even uh, perform at all. Hmm. Um, it's amazing, okay? I would love having that in my car today, okay? Yeah. It's unbelievable in my opinion, and I, every time I go into a Tesla, I'm amazed, and I love them, but, but it's not autonomous driving yet. Hmm. I'm going to still stick to my five years and I'm going to find an expert on this and I'll interview them and I'll, and I'll tell you the answer. Cause I hope, I hope you're right. I hope I, I don't, I don't think well, if you were to say legally allowed, then it'll probably be longer because people are jerks and they like to freaking put restrictions on things. But I think we will have the capabilities of doing it with in, inside of five years. That'd be my, that'd be my guess, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to answer that for you. If anyone out there listening in has that answer, please, please let us know. Save, save me yeah. the time. Uh, but the second question I have for you is, what is a problem you're having that you'd love help with? So, uh, I mean, a free Tesla maybe, but like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I would love that, but yeah, no, that's not the case. Actually, on, on, on the company side, uh, something, there's, there's one person that um, we would really like to uh, get in touch with. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you know the band Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. the flea, the flea guy. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to contact that guy too. I, I think I can do it. Yeah. I know one of the people at Spotify. So I think I can connect the guy. Oh, great. If, so, if I can talk yeah. to him, I'll connect him with you too. This sounds amazing. I'd love that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. <laughs> please tell me, uh, please tell the people. Uh, yeah. Who do you, who, who is the flea and why would you like to uh, meet him? Okay. So flea is uh, the bass player uh, for the red chili peppers. Is uh, a very interesting character. Uh, I personally love uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think they're an amazing band, and I really, I really enjoy everything they make. Um, but yeah, uh, I stumbled into their website a few years ago, and it was all themed with bees. If you'll go to redhotchilipeppers.com, you know you have bees kind of walking on the screen and stuff like that, and that intrigued me because I'm a bee guy. So uh, I started uh, investigating a little bit and I, um, I, I learned that uh, Flea is actually a hobbyist beekeeper and he's really into bees. So yeah, uh, that kind of uh, intrigued me and I would love contacting the guy and um, having a conversation with him about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I would say it's probably not as hard as you think it is to contact him. Yeah, uh, you're not the first person actually to say that. And I, I, think, I think you're right. Um, well, the, the method I'm using is you, you could, well, I don't like this method, which is why I'm saving it. So you could be my guinea pig to see if this works. But if you just call up his agent, because like everyone has like a talent agent and say yeah. like what you're doing and how it's interesting and then like talk to them, they might forward you on. Like that's like, that's like the, I, I hate that because then you're talking to a gatekeeper. I hate gatekeepers. They piss me off. That's why, like, when we contacted, I just went straight to you. Like, if you had an assistant, I would, like, bloop, go right around that person because they pissed me off so much. Yeah. But, I don't um, have an assistant yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have your email now, so, but... <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, 
Morgan Freeman also is a big beekeeper. I don't yes. know about that. And then Damon John from uh, Shark Tank. He's into beekeeping. I don't know if they're like. Oh, really? No, I did not know that. Yeah. I knew about uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, he's a very interesting guy to talk to as well. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, with everything he does for the environment, is, is, which is amazing. You know, I'm all about the environment. My major, um, my BA, bachelor degree, uh, was uh, sustainability. So, um, so, yeah, I like, I really like uh, the things that he does. Um, yeah. All right. Then uh, the last question, and I, I won't interrupt you. <laughs> but um what are if you will <laughs> well, i just i feel bad you're like well there's this guy from red hot chili peppers i'm like the flea <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> just, just like you speak right. on, so that's fine yeah um but anyway so the what i know you don't have time for books anymore but so then what are some good resources like i i i illustrated to books because i have so many books that are staring at me right now and so I, i'm like i'm reading one on stalin right now which is it's uh it's really it's really fascinating especially for like in the in the west where like you're only really taught that he was like a bodyguard or something. He has like so much more interesting stuff going on before he like came to power. But um, what are some either books on entrepreneurship, bees, resources, like anything that you would, that you tend to recommend to people that after you're done talking, they're like, wow, I want to learn more about bees. I want to learn more about the stuff that you're passionate about. What are some of like the touchstones that you tend to recommend to people for them to check out? Yeah. Um, so yeah, as you said, uh, I, I really don't have a lot of time uh, to do my own reading these days. Um, I think that today on Netflix, you can find a lot of very useful documentaries. Um, by, the, by the way, about California's water, you have a documentary over there. Uh, you have a documentary about bees. Um, there's actually now a, a new documentary that I haven't seen yet. I don't think it's on Netflix, but it's really good and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, it's called uh, The Pollinators. It's about pollinating hmm. uh, and beekeeping as, as, a, as, a, as you know, a migratory beekeeper that pollinates in different parts of, of the U.S. Um, and it should be very, very interesting and very relevant to, uh, to what we do. Um, yeah, I think these are uh, very useful uh, uh, resources. Uh, also, every now and then, somebody refers me to a good audiobook about, you know, entrepreneurship, stuff like that. Uh, so I listen to some of it. Uh, I usually don't keep um, uh, lists of what I read. So especially when, you, when it's an audiobook, because it's not in your hands and you don't actually read it, I never remember the name of it you know somebody just sent me the the link he says oh you should check this out and it's a person i trust so i just click the link i listen to it and that's it i, I don't remember how, what's the name of it i don't so but yeah um you know, business books are they tend not to be very good either i think i think i was talking to you about this how like a lot of them could just be blog posts uh you're talking about the entrepreneurship uh, podcasts or no i mean uh books like 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 a lot of the business books they like they could be just a blog post, but they like expand to the size of a book. Yeah. Well, I think what, what I like the most is um, listening to other entrepreneurs talking about their experiences because you can relate to a lot of them. Um, and sometimes when I find myself in a hard situation, you know, with, with the company or, you know, even myself, uh, trying to balance my life with my work and so on. 
So, you know, listening to other entrepreneurs who have gone through what I, I do is, 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 um, it can be inspiring for you, for, for yourself. Sometimes, you know, you, you listen to something and you're like, no, this is definitely not what I'm going to do. I want, I want to do the exact opposite, which is good. You know, at least you got something out of it. And sometimes you're like, oh, wow, this is so amazing. Why haven't I thought of it before I'm going to try this? You know, so either way, uh, you can learn something out of it and try to implement it on the way you work, the way you live. And, um, and um, yeah, just learning from other 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 people's experiences is, is good. Um, are there your own tuition? Yeah, are, are there particular experiences that you're looking to learn more about? I can like now people listening maybe can keep an eye out and like send me links and I'll send them to you. Uh, things that I want to learn about. Well, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of just going out there and do stuff. Um, I traveled quite a lot around the world i've been to south america for about a year i've been to australia for four months i've been to new zealand for four months i've been to uh south africa i've traveled a lot and um this is this is probably the the thing that i'm most passionate about uh you know just me and my uh my partner my she's my wife but we don't really like the saying wife or husband She's my partner, um, and we we are very aligned on this, and we really like traveling. So she and I are, you know, whenever we have the time and the funds to do it, then that's what we do. Um, so obviously we haven't done it for a long time, uh, but you know, uh, we we're just we're working on our bucket list. So mm. <laughs> the. I don't know if they have this in audiobook, but you might like it. But Losing My Virginity by Richard Branson, I think in terms of like how you're talking about like how you want to build your company and just like your your own set of values that I've seen so far in this interview. And if people find yourself uh, being like, hey, I'm kind of like this guy, uh, check out Losing My Virginity by Richard Branson. Like you'll never forget that. Like that's such a crazy name. But like that yeah. guy, he was wild. He like, he was like one example, and this isn't probably the best one, but like an example, of, like just like how like fun minded he was, he was looking for a, a home to live in because he was building his company. And he was very much about um, making his companies fun. He didn't want them to be like, he cut people's ties off and he still does that. And so like, he was looking for a houseboat and um, like everyone said, like he had to wait like 10 years to get a houseboat. And he's like, well, I don't believe that went up to talk to someone. And then uh, they, they'd like rented him out their houseboat. Like he just like, he found a way to make it work. Granted, he did have sex with that person, but like, <laughs> but in general, like he, he has like this tenacity that like is just really infectious. And then he's like very open about it. It's really great. Yeah, I recommend it to you. I'll link it in the show notes. But other than that, I think people should check out behero.io, not.com, behero.io. And that will be in the show notes as well. Um, is there any other links that you'd like people to check out? Can't go to LinkedIn. Can't go to LinkedIn? Sorry? Don't go to LinkedIn. Is that what you said? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely go to our LinkedIn. If you want to see our progress or the, the, what we do, definitely go to our LinkedIn page. Um, I actually think it's better than going to the website. Okay. If, if you do just want to get, get updates, if you want to be a customer, then definitely go to our website. But if you just want to follow our progress and activity, then yeah, LinkedIn is great. Okay. So it's like your like newsletter, but better because then you can... Well, 
Uh, yeah, in a way, I think uh, newsletters are the kind of things people tr try to unsubscribe from all the time. So, you know, social media is, is better in this case because you choose when to get, you know, the, the information. It's not yeah. just lands in your, in your inbox and annoys you. Well, if you make the emails good, like I have a really, my, my newsletter is pretty great. Like I have like yep. a 60% open rate and everything, but the, yeah, like you just add, it doesn't matter. I, I won't gloat. Yeah. Check out his stuff and I'll give you some suggestions in an email, but the, um, and they'll be in the show notes and check out, you know, this learn little podcast, blah, 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 blah. I normally don't say it like this, but let's try it out differently. And uh, thanks for being on the show. I'm going to stop recording.